Welcome to the Strawberry Jam Sessions, brought to you by Victorian Strawberries. I'm your host, Simone Austin, accredited practicing dietitian and lover of all things strawberry. Each episode will bring you a punnet full of goodness to help you make the most of Victorian strawberries. So let's get to it. So today I'm very, very privileged to have, I might call him my friend. You can. Celebrity chef, George Calambaris. <laughs> and George, we've worked together a few times now, so That's thank right. you for coming along. No, no, it's nice to be able to chat with you. And we can share our nutrition and yep. our cooking skills or our culinary skills, how they come together beautifully. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I'm going to tell the listeners a little bit about you first. So let me just do a little bit of bragging. Oh, God. I've had to shorten it a bit, Georgia. We could have been here all day. You've got so many achievements. So let's pick out a few highlights. George Calambaris is one of the world's most decorated chefs, recognised and respected around the world by his peers and the general public for his culinary genius and his absolute passion for food. Many of us know George for his hugely popular restaurants and 12 years on MasterChef Australia. His skills have been acknowledged through many personal accolades, including Young Entrepreneur of the Year and Young Chef of the Year. But he loves nothing more than being on the tools in a kitchen surrounded by dedicated, passionate and talented young artisans. As well as mentoring young talent, George has always given his time generously to important causes, including mental health and bowel cancer prevention. George has owned many successful restaurants and becoming a published author of multiple books. And then all the way through to his time as a celebrated chef on some of television's most successful shows. And still to this day, George remains absolutely committed to his craft through the trials and tribulations that have come his way. His creativity, knowledge and ability to show love through his food will never be lost. George is a risk taker, a leader, a trend maker, always on the lookout for something that makes his work stand out from the rest in every aspect. So welcome, George. Oh, that's very <laughs> kind. Thank you, Simone. That's very kind. Uh, yeah, no, that's cool. It's, it's definitely been awesome so far. If I put my nutrition hat on, George, the reason often people are not eating as nourishing as we'd like to is because they just don't have the cooking skills or the confidence. And I think sometimes it's just the confidence. So what are some tips that you would say to someone these are some basic skills you need to get so that you can be confident to get a meal on the table at home. Yeah, I think that's really important. I think what you say there, confidence, confidence repetition yeah. is probably the most important keys to cooking and, and you'll, only, you'll only get better. Um, to this day, I'm still discovering my cooking ability. You know, it doesn't ever stop. I think, you know, having some basic fundamentals like anything in life, if you don't know the basics, you can't, you know, there's no point in making the souffle if you don't understand how to fry the egg properly or just simply boil an egg. The, the first lessons I taught were knife skills. Yes. Because, yeah. you know, teaching people to confidently feel comfortable about peeling and chopping a knife is just wonderful. Once you get it, it sort of clicks. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, this feels good, you know. I, 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 I took up playing squash three years ago and I, I it's like my love I love it apart from my family cooking cooking it's probably the third run down wow because now it's clicking things are clicking you know my fitness is better my the way I'm hitting the balls better 
And it just reminds me all the time that, yeah, I've been cooking for sort of 23 years. It's repetition and being able to get that confidence up. Because when I first started cooking, I was nervous. Yeah. It's a scary thing. It's daunting. Knives, different ingredients, heat, temperature, time, uh, energy, up on your feet. There's all that thing. And people judging. Every single day. Yeah, so people, when you're cooking, someone's saying whether it's good or not good, and I think that that's scary for people because no one wants to fail, do they? So, you know, when you talked about the knife skills, I know because I've worked with AFL footballers for a long time, and I would often take cooking sessions with them because I feel if they can't cook at home, there is no point me telling what they should be eating because if they can't produce it at home, then they're not going to be eating it. Yeah. You could see the ones who had been in the kitchen before because they could just pick up the knife and confidently chop the carrot or the onion or those basic things and then get on to the next step. Yeah. But the ones who hadn't done it, you could see on their face they were just overwhelmed at the whole thought of this cooking process because even chopping the vegetables was a task. And I loved seeing them get better at it. So as we did more cooking sessions and they got faster and, of course, they're competitive about everything, so quicker to cut it or, you know, which tastes better yeah. or not. So it's really lovely and you would see it with people when they get better and they master a dish. It's lovely to see, isn't it? It is. It's wonderful and it's never too late. That's the thing. Look, oh, you know, yeah. my kids are extremely lucky because they're around not only my in-laws who are super foodies that grow their 365 degree around their backyard. It all gets produced there, eggs, chickens, you know. Strawberries? Yes, there is strawberries. There is strawberries. Beautiful. You know, and, and to the point where, you know, Michaela, I still remember that first moment when, you know, granddad's taking her outside to pluck one off a tree. I mean, these are, these are life skills that kids need to have. One day they're going to leave home. I want yeah. my kids to know how to make an omelette. I want them to know how to simply prepare a salad and make themselves something to eat. And more than anything, that joy that food brings to humanity by giving someone something. I mean, making a loaf of bread in its purest form is just a wonderful, tangible feeling that, you know, it's, it's, it's just awesome. In the 20-something years working in restaurants, it's been great because it's instant, instantly gratifying. You get to give someone food straight away and they see. Obviously, we've got a little network of all of our friends in the area and I'd do this thing where I'd, we'd, I'd go, listen, pop by at 5 o'clock and it's like a takeaway shop. I give yeah. them something that I've been. Yeah. And there's a great the feeling is. you get it over passing over, you know, the, the, you know, a little something that I've tr- I'm trialing and I want to get their feedback. It's just joyful. It's so, so is. It is wonderful. But going back to the growing, you said also that your family grow lots of food. And I, I think that's a really good place to start. And I know that I've got my strawberry patch out the back and they're growing like anything. And how nice is it when you see that my little strawberry is getting bigger and bigger and then and then ready to harvest it? So, you, you know, you talk about combinations and seasonality, combinations of flavour. Strawberries and tomatoes are like the most, they're like basil and tomatoes. They go so really? well together. Oh, just delicious. Like you wouldn't, you know, in, in a, especially in a savory format ah. because strawberries have a, they're sweet, but there's, yeah. they're, they're, they're acidic. There's, and there's strawberries and there's strawberries. I mean, there's green strawberries out there that are brilliant for pickling, making the most yes. amazing, delicious salads with. But strawberries and tomatoes, are a great combination and, and please if anyone's out there 
uh, you know, you literally take a ripe tomato, ripe strawberry, and you make like a you make like a vegetarian tartare. Explain that. Explain that for me. So tartare is like raw chopped beef, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Imagine, yeah, imagine yeah. that with strawberries and tomatoes, and Ooh. sit that in a bowl, just really sort of crushed. Olive oil, little sea salt, a couple of drops of reduced balsamic, and mm. you know that on on toast. It's just delicious. You know, some fresh basil if you want. Yum. Oh, and what a boost of vitamin C that would be because strawberries and tomatoes are really high in vitamin C. So that that'd be wow. And it's so much better than having some of the spreads on our toast. Often we we have bread or we have toast, and we don't put anything very nourishing to add to it on top so wow that'd be a winner and it'd be pretty great one don't get me wrong there's some amazing jams and chutneys and all that out there but it's it's generally laden with refined white sugars and, yeah and salt and it, you you end up masking the flavor of the fruit you do. I, I i prefer its purity like when someone says to me oh when i was at trade school they taught me to make a strawberry coolie by taking the strawberries chopping them up loads of sugar boiling them and my, when we, my, my strawberry coolie recipe is literally fresh strawberries, taste one, make an assessment on its sugar level, right? Then add, you know, I add like honey, scrape vanilla and blend it and eat and, and serve it fresh. So you're not, you know, what we forget is with strawberries, especially, they're a perfume. As soon as you take them past a certain temperature, they lose all those essential oils, those that those the fragrance, the the deliciousness. So, a little tip for everyone out there: just yeah, keep them fresh. Yeah, and eat them at room temperature, like you said. Once keep, maybe store them in the fridge, but you should bring them out and eat them at room temperature. Room temperature, and you do not you do not soak strawberries in water. They are sponges. Yes, I yes. you know, and I remember as a young chef. You would take a damp, wet cloth and you'd wipe your strawberry individually and look oh. after it and care for it, not soak them in water. And Because you taste that water after, it ends up tainting of strawberries. So what have we done there? We've removed flavour and put it in water because it's yeah. diluting the flavour. So don't wash your strawberries. You know, just wipe them with a damp cloth. That will remove anything off there. Yeah, good idea. Absolutely, that's fantastic. And if you've grown them at home as well, um, you're going to know what's in them. Straight off the tree. And also the fresh Victorian strawberries, you can go and do your pick your own, bring them home. So if we talk about cooking in season, which I know you like to do, what about when we get a glut of something? Like you said, you've got lots of, could be tomatoes, but lots of strawberries. We don't want to waste them. So apart from jam, what else would you maybe suggest we do with the strawberries? Yeah, you know what? Something like, you know, and we've all done it. We've all bought a punnet and there's some soft ones at the bottom and we're looking at them and we throw them out. Don't throw nothing out. And something like that, what's really delicious, is take an ice cube tray and, you know, just pop them in and give them a crush with your thumb and then top that up with, you know, a, a, a little cube, a little star anise, maybe a bit of cinnamon quill, and then a little water and freeze them. And when you make your next little spritz at home, oh. rather than diluting the drink with water, you're diluting it with the flavour of strawberry. Beautiful. So, you know, that that's great. You know, just blending them up. Like I know my kids, we struggle to get water down them, right? But as soon as we put some fruit in the water, and they don't our kid, my kids don't eat, they don't drink soft drinks or anything yep. like that. But you know, we just 
chop some stuff up, put it in the water, and they love it. They go, oh, yum, you know. That's a good one. And you're talking about getting your kids to eat things. So I know that for some, even adults, that I don't like that food and they haven't actually even tried it. And you go, oh, but you haven't even tried it yet. And partly that's because taste is very much related to our smell, but it's also related to just what we're familiar with. And so it's really, I always say to people, you've got to try it at least 10 times before you can say you don't like the food because you've got to get used to the texture, the taste, and strawberries have got seeds on them. Other things have got, you know, crunches or... So what do you, with your family, how do you get them to try some of the new foods? And the kids don't go, oh, yuck, Dad. Yeah, look, you know, the, the, the thing is, horses for courses, I know with James, he's a troublesome eater. He likes things very plain, very simple. Where Michaela, I can turn around and go, do you, do you want to try this? And she's like, yeah, okay. You know, she'll have a go. So, but it's also, I don't want to jam it down, like, you must eat it, because then they'll just won't. They'll turn so it's doing it in ways, but you know what the most important thing is? Make them part of the process. So planting a little pot of strawberries on the balcony and then, or you know, whatever it might be, they're part of the process. Yeah, herbs. Herbs. And you go, you know what, go outside and pick me some of the parsley down there for the sauce that we're making or whatever. Yeah, great. And they go and cut it. So then they're sitting at the table going, I, I went and did that. Or, you know, if you haven't got the luxury of growing something, Make them part of the process when you go to your fruit and veg shop, when you're at the Paran market, wherever the market you shop at, take them in there and go, you know what, we're going to cook with greens today. Do you want to, what, what do you think? Which ones? These flat long beans, these skinny beans, what do you reckon? What, what do you think we should do? So it's, it's making them part of the process where they get to determine an outcome, which then puts them under the pressure where they've got to now you know, give it a go. Have a go. And I think yeah. that's so important that in not... Or just put them in a headlock and stick it down. <laughs> I was going to say, so important not to be forcing because none of us like to be told what to do and none of us want to be forced to do something because no. immediately you'll be this block and there's this pressure on you. So yeah. I think making sure that there's always an abundance of the fruit and veggies around or whatever foods it is that you want to eat, as long as they're there, the healthy choice can be the easier choice. And I think that's what's really, really important. It's potentially having some scheduling routine in the week. Yeah. You know, yesterday was out was meat free. You know, they get that. And they you, you create that routine within the week. Now, you know, if I could tell you, well, I mean, I made a, a pot of vegetable soup yesterday with lentils in it. It would have cost me, I don't know, no more than six, seven bucks to make yeah. a pot of this stuff. And there's another half a pot left in the fridge, so I had a bit of that for lunch today. I mean, beautiful. You know, it, there's no excuse. There is no excuse to cook whole, cook delicious. Yeah. And there's so, so many if- platforms these days people can jump on to purchase. You know, even if they're they're still a bit scared of going that deep. Yeah. What about if you're planning? We've got the home menu, but if you're planning a restaurant menu, what sort of things do you take into consideration? Like is it in season? Is it yeah, what what is it? What goes into that? I think you should always be. You should always be one hundred percent seasonal. I actually stand in shops and look at when I do go, I'm, I'm we're quite lucky because I've got we've got local growers around here that I can just go to their farm gate and buy stuff, right? But if, when I do walk into the commercial supermarket, and I'm standing in the fruit and veg section and I'm staring at Mexican asparagus 
I just shake my head. I actually yep. shake my head in in so in so with so much anger within my culinary self at the fact that why, like, and unfortunately, consumers are out there going. Well, they're buying it, so that's why these people are buying it yeah. to sell it. We've got to stop. We really got it, and we've got to focus in on what's in season and what's what's delicious, and celebrate yeah. that. And you know, celebrate that dinner party around. I think what we, what especially restaurateurs and chefs have become, we've become more singular in our approach to a dish. I showed how to salt bake a what was it? I was trying to suppose. Kohlrabi. I'm just going to my producer. <laughs> um, kohlrabi. I salt baked a whole kohlrabi. Now it's a it's a vegetable that cost two bucks. It's cellular. No joke. It was delicious. I had Michaela was convinced it was a brain under the salt crust. So, so her face as I'm about it? to <laughs> I'm about to cut it open. She's like looked at it. Went oh, it's a vegetable. I'm like yeah, <laughs> it's not a brain. So <laughs> did you know, she try? <laughs> Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. So, you know, ha- having but that whole that whole you know elaborateness of t- making salt crust. I spice the salt crust with garam masala. You know, wrap the vegetable, and then you bring that to the table, and all your guests are thinking, "Oh my god, we're about to have you know a Chateaubriand or a piece yeah. of meat," and you carve into it, and there it is. It's a vegetable. Oh, what? But then you dress it with beautiful yogurt. Oh, and yum. And so what about if you're at home then? Because obviously for tips for the home menu planner, we're not going to be the restaurant and probably have as many components to the dish because we haven't got all day to do it. How do you plan your home menu for the week or how do you suggest other people? What should they think about? I'm lucky. In our family we've got no allergies or no one's a vegetarian, blah, blah, blah. But we apply some some good balance throughout the week. There, there needs to be an indulgent part of the week. Like yeah, yeah. make pizza. And yeah, enjoy beautiful. it. Well, you know what? Get a good pizza from your local guy around the corner that makes it for you and you know it and that's great. I know tonight we're going to have steak and chips and that's okay. I bet you make your chips though. Are your chips yeah, of course, of course. cut up, done in, in the oven or fried or? Well, you know what? We'll, I'll, do, I'll do normal uh, sort of dirty potatoes just chopped up yep. and shallow fried. Them. But we'll do some sweet potatoes in the oven where the kids – Love him. You know, that James, before I left for school today, I go, oh, he's steak and chips tonight. He had to see his face. He's like, yeah. <laughs> food yeah, makes people good. happy, you know. It does. It makes people happy. And I, I remember when, when, I, when I was in the restaurants, you know, team dinner was so important to the crew. Give them good food and make it, make it you know, put a theme around it. Tonight's Mexican. Tomorrow's themes are really good, you know. And, you know, themes are great. Like, you know, uh, we love Sanchoy Bao, for example, lettuce Ooh, cups, yeah. you know, you know, beautiful, delicious prawns and mushrooms, and you know, make it really yummy. And, and but again, it's think about some good balance and indulge twice a week in some, you know, some good fats. So if I'm talking about indulging, I can straw desserts come to mind for me, and I'm a bit of a dessert girl. I always read the dessert menu and then read the main menu and see if I like a dessert, then I plan my main menu around leaving room for the dessert. (laughs) Don't know that many dietitians do that, but I certainly do. So if I'm wanting to think about I've got my beautiful punnet of strawberries, I've picked them or I've got them at my shop, what are the good ways to um, do my strawberries for my indulgent dessert? 
like cream on top or what do you think? Well, we know, we know that there's some classic flavours that go. We know strawberries and cream are a delicious combination. So there's an incredible quick sorbet you can make with strawberries. I, I, I love a, uh, an ice cream sundae. So you take strawberries, take pluck the green off, slice them up, pop them in the freezer, and then in a, take a frozen blender bowl, put, a, put the bowl in the freezer that you blend in. Okay. Blend the strawberries with maple syrup. And you make an instant sorbet. Oh, beautiful. It's off the chart, really off the chart and delicious. And, you know, I'm a sucker for anything sorbet ice cream. You know, that just with hot chocolate ganache, yeah. cold and hot, I mean, you know, <laughs> you know maybe a, a little I'm, – I'm, I'm now keep, I keep going, you know. A salty shortbread biscuit that's warm from the oven, Ooh. yum. You know, but, you know, just simple, delicious something like strawberry sorbet with, you know, you know what's really nice is to take strawberries also and macerate them in um, balsamic vinegar, mm. yeah. black black pepper, balsamic vinegar, and some Moscovado sugar, some what's real that? dark sugar, oh, ma- okay. Moscovado sugar, sort of like it's like unrefined, it's like a really dark sugar. Um, and you just sort of let them steep, marinate like you would a, a lamb chop in there, and you just serve that with just some freshly whipped cream. Oh, oh I'm going to do that. Creme fraiche. Creme fraiche is great because it's quite acidic and sour. Yogurt is yum. Okay, before we finish, I'm going to flip you to a savoury. So you talked about putting the strawberries in a salad, and I know I've yep. also roasted strawberries, and that's turned out beautiful as well. But yeah. I'm going to try the tomato and the basil with the strawberries. Any other tip for them in the salad or in a savoury way? Another ripping way. I mean, we know game and fruit go really well together. So things like duck are exceptional. I don't know people get a bit funny about duck, but, you know, beautiful, you know, roasted duck with barbecued strawberries is so yum. So literally take your strawberries and put them on a um, like a like a metal sort of strainer or colander and stick them over the fire and char them. Just get some tan on them, real colour. And then you just you literally tip them in a bowl and give them a little little like you're crushing them like mashed potato. And you spoon that, lots of olive oil, and then spoon that over your duck breast. Oh, Oh. delicious, delicious because it's fruity. Mm. Barbecue strawberries, take them off and then give them a light crush, you know, and add olive oil. Think of them also as making like a, a vinaigrette, taking strawberries, dicing them, you know, popping them into a bowl, a little bit of finely diced shallots, fresh chives, olive oil, a splash of red wine vinegar, and serving that with, you know, seared tuna with ground black pepper. Wow. It, it would be delicious. Two more questions for you, George. What's a couple of things that are always in your pantry at home or your fridge? What are a couple of things that you always have? Oh, look, there's always fermented pickled stuff in the fridge. So when I'm saying fermented pickles, you know, the most ancient fermentation is olives. Um, they're always in our fridge. Um, there's there's sauerkrauts, there's um, pickled onions, there's cornichons, there's capers. There's also lots of chilli paste wow. in the sauce. Got your chain, I love, which is a Korean fermented Korean um, chilli. Miso, big fan of miso because I know it's, it's good for you and it's flavour bombs. Mm. Good dairies, um, you know, yogurts. When we buy our fruit and veg... We don't buy 
we buy enough for the cup for the next couple of days. We don't buy hundreds of kilos of stuff because it's just going to go off. Yeah. So be thoughtful about it. Think about how much you buy. Definitely. And the fermented, absolutely great for the gut in terms of when that fermentation process is happening, all those good metabolites that are actually being produced and that you then eat when you eat the fermented food is fantastic. So my last question for you, which I'm asking everyone is that I interview is, what is your just your favourite way with Victorian strawberries? What's your favourite way to eat them? Look, there's, a ple- there's something really pleasurable about seeing especially seeing my daughter because she's a strawberry fiend <laughs> but just seeing them pick the strawberry up in its natural and purest form and eating them but you know there's also something really delicious in taking 70 percent bitter chocolate dark chocolate the real stuff you know and warming that up with a little creme fraiche uh, and and dipping strawberries into it. I mean, oh. you know, it's 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 old school. It's a bit fondant, eighties, seventies, like sitting around the fireplace. But hey, you know, <laughs> who what? cares? Nothing wrong with old school. Absolutely. Thank you, George. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank you very much. Thank you, my darling. And my absolute pleasure. You know, you know, I love uh, working with you and talking with you. So thank you so much. Thanks, George. Thanks for joining us at the Strawberry Jam Sessions. If you've enjoyed this very delicious podcast, please let others know by rating us wherever you listen to podcasts. And there's plenty more strawberry goodness where that came from. Simply head to vicstrawberry.com.au. Until next time, I'm your host and strawberry lover, Simone Austin for Victorian Strawberries.